game. Blouses. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. But it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I tell you, it just doesn't matter. 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 It's uh, it just doesn't matter. I mean, I you know, I mean, everybody's got to have something to talk about. Everybody's got to have something to write about. That's what makes the world go around. That's what makes it fun. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I it's excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a. It's a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. And now, Brad Sinkiff and John Height with the Press Box on the Roar. Welcome to the Press Box. Brad Single here with John Height, broadcasting live on this Friday, February the 2nd, 2024, from the Upcountry Fiber Studios here at the Roar 1055-975-TheRoarFM.com. Ready for the weekend. I hope you are. If not, we'll get you there as we wrap up another week and start setting the stage for what's coming up tomorrow. The big one. On the agenda, Clemson Tigers men's basketball taking on the Virginia Cavaliers at 2 p.m. Saturday afternoon. We'll have it for you right here on the Roar 1:30 airtime, and we'll get you ready for that with Don Munson, Tim Beret. So make sure you are tuned in right here on the Roar all weekend long. And we got a lot to do here on this Friday show. Got a couple guests lined up for you coming up in hour two. Will Pelagic from WFNZ. He covers the Panthers. We'll get his thoughts on yesterday's press conference. Dave Canales is the new head coach. Uh, we talked about Dan Morgan with him a couple weeks ago when that hire happened. We'll get Will's thoughts and just sort of what impressions were made by the introductory press conference. You know, you got you, you have to win the press conference and all that kind of stuff. I already saw that on on social media yesterday, but uh, Will will give us his thoughts on just what what this. Higher means kind of what the direction of the Panthers is heading into the 2024 season. Also, we'll have John Blau from the Post and Courier get us ready for Clemson and Virginia tomorrow. We'll talk some ACC uh, basketball with him as well as, you know, setting the stage for what's going to happen later on, um, you know, late February, early March when we turn our attention to spring football. We might squeeze in a question or two with John as well on that one. So, please... Sit tight for that. Get in with us. In the meantime, 654-ROAR. What you excited about for this weekend? No no real football. There's, you know, the exhibition of the Senior Bowl. There's the Pro Bowl activities. But there's not an actual meaningful game to be played until next week. But the Super Bowl deserves a lot of attention. So we'll go ahead and start taking a look at it so we can at least try to pretend this is a football Friday in some respects. Good morning, John. How you doing over there? Doing well, Brad. How you doing this morning? 
I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Ready for the weekend. I'm uh, looking forward to it as well. What are you most looking forward to this weekend? Oh boy. Obviously, you know, Clemson basketball against Virginia tomorrow is at the at the top of the list for me. Um, I do want to watch some of them last night. We'll watch it again. Some of those Pro Bowl games things that they will put on Sunday afternoon. I enjoy those. So I'm a little bit biased here. My brother-in-law runs the Pro Bowl games. <laughs> so I'm a little bit biased. It was really cool watching him on TV last night, chop it up with Eli Manning and Peyton Manning and Jason Kelsey and all those Pro Bowlers. So yeah, obviously I'll be paying attention to that. But I- I'm kind of excited to have an open sports weekend. To kind of let something grab me. Okay. To be gra- like to get on Twitter and see that this basketball game in the second half is really close in a game that I'm not watching to go jump in front of a TV to watch it. You know, outside of Clemson basketball tomorrow at 2 p.m. with the 1.30 pregame, that's the only appointment television I have for this weekend. Everything else is just sort of as you find it. As I find it or as it seems appealing. Okay. That, that's the thing I do like about these college basketball Saturdays is you'll go into it and you may not think that any of these games are you don't like a particular matchup, then all of a sudden these things get going and you got some some barn burners going on, some real close battles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can I interest you? I tell you, I just, I'm not, this is not a football thing, okay? All I right. separate the uh, sports. But SEC basketball is really, really entertaining right now. I, I think it's the, the most entertaining league. I, I don't know about, I, I, don't, I don't care about ranking best leagues right now. But the most entertaining from top to bottom league, I think is the SEC. I think the Big 12's got a lot of interesting teams as well because of the you know influx of, of newcomers there, like Houston that have kind of made it a little more fun. Yeah. But, but I am I'm find myself every weekend gravitating towards SEC games. There is a massive one tomorrow night at 8.30. I mean, it is huge. This feels like a potential you know, SEC championship game in the conference tournament to decide a, you know, one seed or something like that. Tennessee goes to Kentucky to Rupp Arena tomorrow night. And South Carolina fans will be watching with their feet propped up. <laughs> yeah, the Gamecocks will uh, get their game in at 1 o'clock tomorrow. They go to Georgia. It's a huge game. Probably a lot of Gamecock fans in the area drive over to Athens. Just a short drive. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, no, I expect to see some Garnet and Black in down there in uh, down there in Athens tomorrow. Auburn goes to Ole Miss. I, nobody cares. Yes, they do. Those are two good teams. Uh, Mississippi State goes to Alabama. Crimson Tide have been hot. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... You know, when I think of the SEC basketball this weekend, though, I think of a team that's about to enter the Southeastern Conference. Brad, did you see yesterday? You know, tomorrow, uh, Saturday at 2 p.m., the same time as the Clemson game, Texas will be traveling to TCU. Did you see what TCU did yesterday? What? They have provided 500 horns down T-shirts for the student section. Oh no, we can't do that. That's offensive. I think it's fantastic. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I want to see I how they, I want to see how Texas reacts to a university organized horns down movement. Because guess what, Brad? They're going to have that at every single sporting event starting in late August of this year. The only thing about this is we're normalizing horns down to a degree where then it'll become so routine that no one is ever is even offended by it anymore. I but, like the fact that Texas gets offended. Oh, it's hilarious to me. <laughs> the players and the coaches, and I, I really don't think the fans care all that much. I really don't. I just don't get why the university itself is so sensitive about that. Yeah, I... Your guess is as good as mine.
But they are. Do you know what I mean? Like every, so many schools out there have hand gestures or things that they throw up. I mean, the the BYU coach having to come out and just like just over over apologize like it was some horrific incident that occurred. We had a man in in Raleigh give double birds to the refs, and we make a bigger deal out of horns down. Yeah, I think I think the priorities are a little bit out of whack there. Uh, it's really not that big a deal, but if we normalize it and it becomes something that everybody does, does it take away from the <laughs> from the uh, the reaction you get from Texas? I just I don't understand why they're and, and the crazy thing is it's like I feel like Texas has to be aware of it at this point that the only reason people keep doing it is because you get this upset publicly about it every yeah, time somebody does it. That might have something to do with it. It's college athletics. It's pettiness, Brad. It's what we do. It is. It is. It's how we live our our collegiate fandom lives. Try to think. Is there anything else that that is even close to horns down that someone gets really offended by doing to their particular team or school? I I don't think there's anything even close. No, I can't think of anything. If textures, if you can think of anything, Adams and Co. Roofing text line six five four roar. Let us know. But is there anything you can do to make? Gamecock fans that mad? Bulldog fans? I mean, there's things you can do to make them mad, but not with a hand gesture other than going Wolfpack. Hang a chicken from your 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 rear bumper? Yeah, I've seen that a time or two. Not a real one. You know, the rubber the, the rubber chickens you give to yeah. your dog, the you know, dog toys or whatever. Yeah. Not saying go go. No, kill a no, we're not out here trying to. No, we don't need Peta getting into our show today. <laughs> we don't need. Oh, that's the. That's the uh, the best thing I've, I've heard you say all week. We, we don't, don't need PETA getting involved in our show today. Not today. I don't have time for their nonsense today. Um, posing teams have mocked Florida's Gator chomp before. Yeah, but that, I mean, is that really, is that really, a thing? are the L's down for Louisville? <laughs> Kentucky does it. It's hilarious. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> Kentucky just loves it so much. Uh, <laughs> Kentucky hates Louisville so much. It's I, I give Mark we give Mark Soup's a lot of credit here, but the way he has gotten that team to fully buy into the rivalry in state and the hatred in that building for Louisville is just it's it's perfect. I love it. <laughs> I uh, I'm, I'm going through the text line now. People are getting in on this, uh, trying to to come up with some things. Um, the Spurs up. Thing. Oh, I, I didn't realize that. Texas spurs up in actuality means a dead chicken. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's probably yeah, that's probably accurate. Uh, the U. If other teams do the U, does that really make Miami mad when another team does the U? To me, that's that. I I would do U down, but that looks weird. But like just doing the U, like you're promoting Miami by doing. Yeah. That. I well, the problem is. Every time I think of someone doing the Miami logo facing it downward, I remember being a student at Clemson. I'm standing on the hill in 2010, and I look up at the top of the hill, and there's Andre Branch flashing the U downward, and Clemson lost that game. <laughs> and that it didn't go so well. Well, nothing in 2010 went all that well. That was the six and seven year. You know? Fair enough. Uh, you're not wrong about. But that I just one. remember thinking there, like, oh, we're about to roll Miami today when Andre Branch doing that at the top of the hill. I was all fired up, and then it did not go well for the Tigers that day. Man, I don't know. Is there? Uh, I mean, <laughs> is it is it offensive when you go full Wolfpack? Yes, we know we know what full Wolfpack is. Oh, uh, we we saw it on display this year. We think that was full. Wolfpack. Who are they playing tomorrow? 
Where can it come out? I haven't looked at the ACC schedule fully. I'm not exactly sure who State's playing, but I don't. There's I don't always that opportunity. It, I don't it full, yeah, we don't. We don't need if if that was. Th- there they're hosting Georgia level. Tech. However, it's on the CW, so there is a chance. Oh, they're and it's at home. Oh, the refs are going to do something to anger the players in the fan base. Well, you think about it. The refs have to get warmed up before they go across town and do the Duke North Carolina game. <laughs> We gotta get the bad officiating ready to go for the big game. Yeah. Are you are you excited about the Duke North Carolina game? I I just don't get excited about it anymore. I, I I don't know why. I will watch the game. I appreciate the game. I don't care about this rivalry because my family from the state of North Carolina didn't pull for either of these teams. So I I, I just I understand its importance in the sport. I understand that these are two of the most storied programs in college basketball. But I just don't get all worked up for Duke, North Carolina. That's just me as someone who's lived most of his life in either South Carolina or Virginia. I just have never really gotten into it. Oh, I loved it back in, you know, the 90s and the 2000s. I mean, it it was peak. Yeah. You know, it it maybe maybe that's just it. Like the older I've gotten, I'm like, "Eh, that rivalry sort of peaked for me." It doesn't doesn't grasp me the way. I, it I did. think for for so long that we didn't let it be just let it be the organic rivalry that it should be. It felt so forced and fabricated at times when either North Carolina was down or Duke was down. It's like when like right now we have a top ten matchup this weekend. This game deserves the hype. But we have seen it year over the years where one team is good and the other one isn't, but they still try to hype it up as the game of the year because it's Duke and North Carolina. It's very ESPN. Yes. That's that is probably my biggest issue with it is the Amount of times I've been told this game's importance. Well, you know, the ACC lost their deal with Raycom because <laughs> that was a whole different subject earlier this week. If this game was still on Raycom, John, you would feel differently. Oh, yeah. I have a lot more than nostalgic feel to it. John Swafford tried to keep Raycom alive, and it, it landed him in a lawsuit uh, with Florida State in the ACC. Right, I'm just I'm just honestly I'm waiting for the time when we get mentioned in this thing at this point. I mean, don't, they're, they're bringing up that. everybody. Whoa, 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 no, no, no. No. Don't say that some lawyer out there might throw your name in there. Don't throw mine. I, I do not I had nothing to do with any of this. Oh, they're going to grab anybody who's remotely affiliated with the ACC Athletics into this ne- thing. Never heard of her. Don't know. Don't even know who that <laughs> don't is. Don't even know. <laughs> never heard of No. Nah, no, nah, I don't I don't want to get lawyers involved. Uh, especially with this show, uh, preferably. So w- I'll ask you this: Which one are you more into, Duke, North Carolina, or Tennessee, Kentucky? Which one do you want to see more? I I want to see Tennessee, Kentucky more. I think it's Tennessee, Kentucky. But Brad, someone's got to watch the ACC. Someone's got to change the narrative on this league. <laughs> We're going to discuss a little bit of that today, especially when we get to John Brown a little bit because Brad Brownell was pretty adamant about some things with the. ACC, and so we we need to have that discussion at some point. Yeah, I just I we we've gone into this thing where we get into January and then we just say how this league is terrible, but then we get into March and all of a sudden ACC teams start winning and making runs in the tournament. I don't know. It's it does happen. It's weird. It seems to happen that way. Six five four roar. You want to get in with us? We're gonna take calls in the second segment of this hour. I promise. If you're on hold. Please sit tight through the break, and we will get you up. Uh, if you want to get in on uh, the most offensive gestures in sports, <laughs> you certainly can. I mean, I didn't realize we were going to start the show 
with that topic, but that seems to be the one right now. Uh, if you want to get in on that, uh, what what gestures you think are ridiculous, or are there are there any gestures that a school does that deserve to be made fun of? Um. Ooh. Or like maybe a chant. I feel like the chants could really open us up to some nonsense. Like I think, I'm, so I I'm think sometimes the Friday. the word salad of hotty toddy at Ole Miss is just a bit much. Yeah, are there any any traditional? I mean, flim, flam, bim, bam. Like, I mean, we're just throwing out like gibberish here. Well, you've been to Auburn. Some of the chants they do are very nineteen fifty ish. Yes, but it, <laughs> There's a lot of things that Auburn but does. I, that are stuck in the 1950s. Wow. All right. On that note, six five four roar. You want to get in with us? Uh, you can get in on this discussion. We'll get to some more college basketball. We'll do some college football. We'll talk some NFL. A lot of coaches got hired yesterday for staffs across the league, so we'll touch on some of that when we get to some news. 654, more to come after this. Do you have sagging, softer, bouncy floors in your home? Well, this could be a sign of rotten wood caused by moisture in your crawl space. Damaged wood in your crawl space can affect your home's foundation, and that can affect your home's value, and nobody wants that. Say goodbye to sagging floors and hello to a stable foundation. Contact Canty today for your free inspection at 864-641-0176 or visit CantyCanFixIt.com. I'm Will Davis with the Davis Law Group. It's important to me to always remember why we do what we do as litigation attorneys, and that's to help people. But more specifically, it's to help people by creating a path forward after a catastrophic event. When someone walks into our office, they've likely experienced the worst day in their life. They've lost a loved one, they're catastrophically injured, or their family's falling apart. The second you walk into our office, you have personal involvement with an attorney. Our personal involvement continues until the case is concluded. Contact us today at davis.law. Let us see how we can help. Two thousand eight was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle, or need your current vehicle service or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. So. At Hannah's Organic Honey, business may be sweet, but they need an e-commerce queen bee to lead the hive. Okay, these jars are going to Jakarta. Oh, wait a minute. Does that say Jackson? Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Schedule virtual interviews and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The Roar, your home for all things analytics and salary cap analysis. Why don't you explain this to me like I'm five? We are The Roar, where every day is game day.
23 a.m. here on The Roar. The Press Box with Brad and John. Thanks for joining us. 105.5975, theroarfm.com. You want to get in, 654-ROAR. We'll take calls in this hour. Any, uh, is there a gesture or a chant in college sports that really, really either grinds your gears or you just think is absolutely ridiculous and you and we should make fun of it? There, there's probably a lot we should make fun of. There's a lot we should make fun of, yes. That's not nice to say, John. No. But we should. <laughs> yeah. Like, Texas people getting mad about horns down is hilarious to me. That's why we'll have two screens on tomorrow with Clemson, Virginia on the main screen and on the side TV. I'm going to have TCU and Texas on because, like I said in the last segment, TCU's giving out 500 horns down t-shirts to the student section, and I want to see Texas's whiny response to it. I want one. Right? Yeah. It would be a great addition to the studio. Imagine, I mean, just wait till they get into the SEC next year. Every place they go is going to be wearing horns down t-shirts. Every venue they play in. Do you think LSU fans are going to be nice to them? Are going to coddle them? No, they'll treat them like they do everybody else. Scream at them, yell at them, say mean things, and then slap them on the back and hand them a beer and say good luck. Yeah. That's what they do. But they have fun with you first. At, they, at your expense for your several <laughs> hours. <laughs> yes, and then they uh, then they take a good game. If they're sober enough. Honestly, that is one of the things I'm looking forward to the most in this new world of college athletics once we get past the summer and the realignment taking place. I want to see Texas kind of get bullied in the SEC a little oh, bit. Those fans have no idea what they're about to walk into. Some of the venues, the, the tailgating And especially scenes. the way they carry themselves, right? As yeah. like we are... The, the gatekeepers of football. But, I mean, to be serious, though, didn't, like, the TCUs and the Oklahoma State, some of these other schools, they sort of kind of took a back seat and sort of bowed down a little bit to Texas and Oklahoma, Definitely. especially Texas. Oh, definitely. The Longhorn Network. And that's and, and now they were upset about it, but they thought there's nothing they could do about it. And now that they're leaving, all the vitriol comes out. Well, and here's the thing. Texas has carried themselves in that league as, like, to your point, the, the big dog, right? The big fish in the small pond, right? Yeah. You're going to go walking into the SEC, and nobody cares about you. Nobody cares who you are. Your tradition means nothing. Nothing. You're starting at the bottom because you're the new guy in school. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't matter that you were the, the cool kid at the other school. Buddy, you've moved to a new school. You're starting over. Well, it's going to be difficult for Texas for for a little bit. I th- there's going to be an adjustment period that takes place. They're going to have there's, there's to, going to be a humbling that's going to have to take uh, place. No, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> An attempt at it. I mean, some of them are just going to flash their bank accounts and tell the people. It'll just be Sark's fault. And we'll just buy all new people to fix it and pay for new. I mean, they'll employees. say, "Yeah, you can make fun of me, but this is how much money I'm worth. I got I got old money. What do you got?" Greg Sankey's uh, willing to back you. <laughs> I mean, Texas probably has more money. Well, no, I'm not going to say that. But they, they're they obviously rolling deep. But they're going to have to make an adjustment, I think, both as a, as, a, as a university and as a fan base to what they're about to walk into. You've been to some of these venues, John. You yeah. know how it is. It's not going to go well. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> the first time Texas goes to Williams-Brice Stadium, are they going to be polite? No. Nor should they be. I remember at a Georgia-South Carolina game one time. These two two very nice Georgia fans. Let me, let me be clear. Yeah. Two nice Georgia fans. Uh, we're talking to two South Carolina fans, and they told them, they said, whatever you do, 
don't go downtown. Like they were, they were very nice about it, but they were like, we're just trying to help you out here. Don't go downtown. Go home. Because Georgia just lost. Yeah. <laughs> and the guys like took off the other way. They're like, okay. <laughs> they, you know, they got it. Good luck, Texas. Have fun with that. Because they're not wrong. 654 Roar. You want to get in on the show? Let's go to, to Javante and Livonia. Hey, Javante. Good morning. Go Tigers. This morning, two two Clemson assistant coaches received big raises this morning. Wes Goodwin and Nick Eason. Congratulations to them as they continue doing great things around the university and for our Tigers. I just want to make a comment on uh, about the Duke-Carolina uh, series. Do you know how many legends have come out of that rivalry? Can you think of another rivalry in college basketball where many legends have came out of? In college basketball? In college basketball? No. No, probably not. You know, you know, and I mean, I know a lot of people talk about the hype, but I know somebody asked about Tennessee and Kentucky. I don't think Tennessee or Kentucky is on Duke or North Carolina level this year. I don't think Tennessee or Kentucky could beat Duke or North Carolina. Really? One more thing I'm going to tell you to come off the air. Okay. I, I, South Carolina, to me, is the best team in the SEC. Wow. And I'll take your comments off that but I repeat that. South Carolina is the best team in the SEC. Thank Go you. Tigers. Thank you, Javante. I, I tell you, I have some pushback to that. Alabama has the best record, I believe, in the SEC currently right now. Uh, give me a moment to confirm that. I'll let you I, I don't want to. I don't want you to get going. And then oh, be, I can. Yeah. And then be wrong. Actually, I, mean, I kind of enjoy it when you're wrong from time to time. But Gee, Thanks, John. Uh, they are at the top of the standings with a 15-6 and six record, but the Gamecocks are 18 and 3 overall. No, Alabama no, no, no. 7 and 1 in conference, South Carolina 6 and 2 in conference. Okay. And one of those losses for South Carolina was to who? Lose to Alabama by a whole bunch of points. I mean, they got that was the worst game South Carolina played all year and it's not even close. I mean, they got absolutely run out of the building. So, I don't know if I would agree with that if I saw Alabama beat the brakes off of the Gamecocks. I think South Carolina's really good this year. I think they're an incredibly entertaining team to watch. I don't think they're the best team in the SEC. Now, I I don't think Duke can beat... I don't know if Duke can beat Kentucky or Tennessee. I think North Carolina can. I'll buy that. Well, except for the fact that Kentucky already beat North Carolina earlier this year. Well, yeah, that was... I know, but that's... I, I, but to your point, I feel like if they'd got you know, paired up in March, I'd probably lean North Carolina mm. in a tournament setting. Probably, I... It's 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 close. I I, I think Duke Kentucky are kind of even. I think North Carolina's a maybe maybe a little bit now at this point in the, in the season maybe a little bit better than Kentucky. I still think Tennessee's really good in the regular season. They just do not win in the postseason. But I think I think Tennessee would beat Duke. And I don't I don't know if they beat North Carolina. <laughs> I, I don't think they beat North Carolina. No, <laughs> uh, they're they're a little too reliant at times on uh, Dalton Connect and. and- I mean, we saw the other. I mean, we've seen the last couple of weeks here. If it's just him performing, then they're struggling. Yeah, they're they're not they don't get enough out of other people. But that's an interesting take there by Dravante. I, I appreciate him getting in. I just love the the Gamecocks are the best team in the SEC. Go Tigers and hangs up. That's just well done, Dravante. I love that <laughs> way to get that in and get out. I love it. Let's go to Fred and Easley. Hey, Fred, how are you? Um, pretty good. Enjoy your show. Uh, I won't talk about NIL, but. Uh, years ago, I went to Georgia football game to Clemson back in the 60s, and uh, I dressed in red and white because <laughs> I didn't want to get killed. It was the worst experience I ever had, so I, 
I've never gone to another uh, away game because of that. Um, getting back to ridiculous, uh, my son-in-law's a, on a, a Gamecock fan in the family, and uh, when they come out with uh, Spurs up, I drew a rooster uh, laying dead with the Spurs up and presented it to him, framed it, and gave it to him. I told him, I said, uh, Spurs up means you're dead. But if it said Spurs out, I would have thought it had been a pretty, you know, pretty nice thing. But uh, anyway, uh, NIL. <clears throat> now, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but uh, have you ever gone to interview for a job? Yes. Okay. When you sat down with them, the company told you what you're supposed to do, the rules that you had to follow, and the amount of money or benefits you were going to get. Have you ever sat down and said, oh, no, I'm a, I don't want to do that. I want more money. I'm not going to adhere to the rules, et cetera, et cetera. Have you ever done that? No. So what's the difference from a high school player coming to Clemson University, and why can't Clemson University lay down the rules and say, hey, if you want to come here, you're going to have to adhere to our rules. No. Now every college is bound down to every high school player. Right, Fred, Fred, real quick here. I, I understand where you're coming from. I understand the frustration, but – Unfortunately, it's not up to Clemson to lay the law down on these people. The rules and regulations are what they are. The NCAA is a mess. There are no rules. So you're, I think you're, you're pointing the frustration at the wrong spot. It's not that these universities are bowing down to 17-year-old kids. It's we've created a landscape that benefits the 17-year-old kids. I we know, need to blame I'm the adults finish. in the room. No, I'm going to finish by saying I would love to see the Power Five president and athletic directors and coaches get together and say, hey, we're going to wipe the slate clean. We're going to start all over, and we're going to tell these high school uh, athletes, they want to come to play in this league, they're going to have to do this and other, not uh, bow down to them, and stick by it. That will clear up everything. Thank you, Fred. I appreciate you getting in. The problem with that is another league is going to go, we're not going to do that. So we're just going to take all the good players because you are going to put down rules that. That's the tough part. We're trying them. to claim the moral high ground in college athletics right now. Yeah. Because everybody else is going to be like, okay, cool. We're going to take the players that you want to go get. You're yeah. not going to have all 133 universities come together. And like we talked about time and time again, for that to happen, you're going to have people willingly give up power. That does not happen. Human beings do not willingly give up power. No, and it's the even playing field, secret here, has never existed in college sports. It just hasn't. I know we, we pretend like it did for a long time, but it never really did. And now that everything's above board and it's out there and it's open, uh, then we, we act like it's supposed to be uh, fair. Unfortunately... It's not, and I don't. I don't think it's ever going to, to resemble that. I mean, I would. Would I love to see happen what Fred's laying out? Yeah, I, I, I would. I think. I think that would be great for the sport. We've all been. We've been saying that's what we've wanted for the last several years. But it's. We also have to be realistic in this. There's only one way to actually do that, John. 
to get the kind of rules that Fred's talking about, you got to employ the players. 100%. Pay them through the schools and have a salary cap. Collectively bargain this. Have a player representative, you know, players union and all these different things. You have a maximum amount that each team can spend every year on their roster. And you have to disclose what you're spending on your roster. That would be great. You know what I mean? Like, because if it's we're going to institute a salary cap per school, we need to, we got to see what you're spending on, right? Yeah. Texture says you can blame the state of California. I, you can, but somebody else was going to It was going to be somebody yeah. else. That, it was only a matter of time because of the NCAA's uh, unwillingness to try to get ahead of this instead of just kick the can for a decade. That's, what, that's why we're here. Yes. Um, this was always going to come to head. It was just, it's the NCAA's fault for not being proactive. And California got tired of the NCAA kicking the can and saying, we'll get to it eventually. And they said, no, it's we're going to do it now. We're going to make this a thing. And the NCAA lost, simply just flat out lost the battle. 654 Roar. Let's get some more callers in here. Uh, Seminole Ted's up next. Hey, Seminole Ted. Hey, thanks for getting me in. So, first of all, a gesture that's got to go is this freaking you that people. Until you win something in a decade or two, let's let's quit with the U because the U will never be the U again. I mean, that's, that's hands down. They are never going to come back to the prominence that they once were. I don't care who you put in there. Yet they're not going to be the nasty organization that they were back in their heyday. So they just quit with the U. In fact, let, let's make it the upside down U because that's where their luck is. No luck at all. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Dolphins. I know they haven't hired a defensive coordinator yet. I know Mike Vrabel did not get a head coaching job. Do you see that as a good fit, Vrabel, to the Dolphins, even if it's for a season or two, just so he rebounds and gets a good look at coaching again later? Because I think he is a quality NFL coach. I just think that he wanted too Ted, much with you've got a head control coach. and everything else. Are you, are you, you're trying to run off Mike McDaniel? No, not at all. No, I want to bring in. I want to bring in Vrabel as a defensive. Oh, he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. I don't think. You don't think he'll do that? No, no. He'd rather sit there unemployed and maybe get a shot next year. Yeah, well, or he's, maybe not. I, I don't think he'd go unemployed. I think uh, some media company would hire him and put him on TV and pay that's him fair, more than a, than a coordinator can make. Yeah, no, that's fair. I just thought I thought that'd be a good pickup for the Dolphins on the defensive oh. side of the ball. Oh, I see now. I see. No, I don't. I don't foresee him yeah. being a coordinator. But from a Dolphin standpoint, Ted, I get what you mean. No, he'd be a great defensive coordinator for the Dolphins. I just don't think that's what Mike Vrabel's looking for in this chapter of his career. Like I said, even if it were for a year or two, I think that that would make tremendous strides in the Dolphins organization. I mean, it worked for the walking wounded we had this season. We had a great defense. First part of the season, I mean, we were keeping people down on point, especially second half. Yeah. I mean, even when we lost to Kansas City and in Germany, we didn't give up any second half points to them. We just didn't, didn't get the ball down the field. But, you know, we, when you're down, all the players, we were down towards the end of the season. I don't care who you got coaching. You're not going to make a, make a dent out there. But I just thought that might be an interesting topic or if you thought you knew where Vrabel will go. But, that's all I got. I'll take it off the air. Y'all have a good one. You too, Seminole Ted. Thanks for getting in. I would advise Mike McDaniel not to hire Mike Vrabel anyway because the first time the Dolphins go on a three-game losing streak, 
he might be replaced. Well, and it's different than like he's just had Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator, a former NFL head coach, but I don't think that that would carry the same type of pressure. Oh, nobody's beating down the door or was beating down the door for him as a head coach. Right. Vrabel, I would feel like the organization's almost saying, hey, if you screw this up, Mike, we're going to turn it over to the other one. <laughs> and then you're, then you're, you know, you're running into the Kevin Steele thing. Oh, no, we don't need that to happen. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. No, on, on the surface, it would be a great hire. I just, I, I foresee Vrabel sitting out a year, letting the landscape, you know, shift and change and see what's available next year, and then going hard after a potential um, job next year. But TV will pay him through the roof to get him on there. I could also see him just taking a, you know, consultant gig for a training camp just going to help some teams out just kind of stick around the game in ways and not have to dive all the way in as a coordinator potentially yeah you know what i mean like come in and help for two weeks here with this team or go you know what i mean just kind of bounce around as we see some of these coaches do when they get out of it yeah i think mean, I mean, there's a lot of things he could do that i don't i don't think involve the commitment that that seminole ted would be asking from from vrabel six five four roar when we come back, we'll go back to the phone lines and we'll tell you what happened over at the Clemson Board of Trustees meeting that Javante talked about after this. When it's time to replace your roof, there are so many things to consider. From the type of roof you have to the many types and styles of shingles, Gillstrap Roofing understands how each part of a roofing system works together to give you a beautiful and watertight barrier. Don't trust the one thing that really protects your home to just anyone. Gillstrap Roofing has been covering the upstate for four generations. Proven, experienced roofers for your home or business. Gillstrap Roofing, 269-1232. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Do you want more control over your business spending? Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management platform designed to save you time and money. Ramp offers unlimited corporate cards with spend controls you can customize to stop wasteful spending before it happens. Ramp makes expense reports a breeze by automatically collecting receipts and matching them to the right transaction. You'll close your books in hours instead of days. Ramp allows you to see all of your company spend in one place, so you can make quick, informed decisions about your business finances. Plus, Ramp will share insights based on your spending to help you cut costs. Over 15,000 businesses have added up to 5% to their bottom line with Ramp. You can be one of them. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com sports. Ramp.com sports. R-A-M-P dot com slash sports. Nothing slows my little girl down, except the stuffy nose. Mommy. That's why I use Sinex Children's Saline from Vicks. Sinex instantly clears mucus in everyday stuffy little noses with a gentle, ultra-fine mist designed for kids. Just Sinex? Breathe. Her stuffy nose is gone for now. And so is she. Sinex Children's Saline. Sinex? Breathe. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar. Where every day is game, game day.
We're back here live on the roar of the press box for Brad and John. Before we go back to the phone lines, first I want to tell you about uh, Everlon Independent Living over in Clemson. Uh, you can go by and see them right there in the center of Patrick Square Town Center is Everlon. And you can, if you're an adult 55 and up, get the most out of life, live in luxury, enjoy life on your own, still doing what you want to do. A lot of their residents are in their upper 70s and early 80s and they're not ready for assisted living. They still want to do things how they want to do them. And they get to live in a great community with a lot of great people. They have studio, one-bedroom and two-bedroom uh, units. Every unit comes with washer and dryer, uh, Wi-Fi, cable TV. They take care of all your housekeeping for you. Uh, there's two chef-prepared meals each day. There's just a lot going on over there at Everlong. It's a great place to be and a great place. Uh, community to be a part of and go to everyoneliving.com to learn more information this is part of the dominion uh, senior living that's right next door so you get the medical response team right there but you get to live uh how you want to live and you get all the amenities right there in patrick square i mean it is really cool place john i've been over there several times uh, and i encourage you to go check them out and get a free tour today everyoneliving.com is their website check them out for more information clemson Handed out some cash money today as the Board of Trustees has approved multiple pay increases for the football staff. John, uh, you interested in hearing some of these numbers? Uh, yeah. What you got for me? All right. Uh, I, I would say I guess the, the biggest ones are uh, starting on the defensive side with um, Wes Goodwin, the defensive coordinator who's done a phenomenal job. Do you agree with that word? Oh, yeah. For sure. One of the best defenses in the country last year. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, he gets a raise to bump his pay from 850000 to $1.4 He's almost doubling. Do you, re- do you know what he was making when he was an analyst? <laughs> what? I saw Larry Williams put this out earlier. $160,000 a year. Yeah. And now he's up to $1.4 so he's making almost a million dollars, or he is making it well over Just. a million dollars more a year than he was making as a man. <laughs> Good on you, Coach Goodwin. Congratulations. Well earned. He's doing a great job right oh, now. Oh, yeah. He really is. I think that he, um, I think he's been compensated now for it. He wasn't quite being compensated for it last year, but that was understandable. Yeah, it was. he was being promoted from an analyst to a full-time coordinator and position coach that the pay reflected the... He earned his pay now. Yeah, absolutely. He earned his pay now. Plus, you've got guys on staff below him that are answering to him who were making more than he was. And yes. I, you just can't do that. No. You can't do that. Uh, one of those being Chris Rump, who you know was brought in uh, last month. Also, uh, defensive tackle coach Nick Eason, tackle coach, not line coach, he got a new tag added, associate head coach, and with that comes... A nice pay bump. He goes from eight hundred thousand a year to one point one million. So another coach now over a million dollars on the staff there to join uh, Wes Goodwin and of course Garrett Riley. This reminds me of just a few years ago when you had Tony Elliott and Brent Venables and a coaching staff that a lot of the country coveted. This is what you were spending on it. This is what elite teams, elite programs in this sport spend on elite coaches. Agreed. Uh, defensively, uh, Mike Reed, the cornerbacks coach, and safeties coach Mickey Kahn 
are getting $100,000 raises. They're both now making $900,000 a year. Good for them. And then on the offensive side, uh, everybody but Garrett Riley got a pay bump. Um, Kyle Richardson, the tight end, passing game coordinator, coach, and the wide receiver coach, recruiting corner, Tyler Grisham, and running back coach, C.J. Spiller, all received $100,000 raises to bump them up to $600,000 for Richardson, $550,000 for Tyler Grisham, and $550K for the legendary C.J. Spiller. Uh, We'll have John Blau on to discuss this and more in a little over an hour, so stay tuned for that. Um, Anything there that surprises you? I mean, this feels like it's just kind of in line. I mean, the only person who didn't get a raise was Garrett Riley, but he was making so much on that new contract he signed a year ago that I kind of get that. I mean, he's making $1.75 million a year. What were you going to bump him up to? You know, and, and you got to pay all these other guys. Yeah, and it's only after one year. Now, I think if Garrett Riley is here going into year three, there will be a bump next year. But if you look at all of those guys that you just listed, a lot of them had two years on their deals, and then it got bumped up. Yes. This is good for... I, I think this shows a healthy athletic department, a healthy program, financially. Uh, things... I, I see nothing wrong with this. No, dude. neither do I. No, I, I think... I don't know how you can take it other than a good sign that Coach Sweeney and Graham Neff believe in the staff that they've put together. Yep. And the, the Board of Trustees and Graham Neff and the university as a whole continue to back those gentlemen and what they're doing. Absolutely. It says... I think that's exactly what it says. Uh, still, you know... I, I, don't, I didn't see if there was anything... Well, ask John. I don't know if there was anything else. Any other coaches on the, on the, in the athletic department that got anything? I haven't seen anything Not yet. that I saw, but... That's that's why we bring in John Blau here in a little over an hour, who's been reporting on this stuff all morning. Okay, yeah, we'll um, we'll we'll talk to John in a little bit about that. But I, I didn't notice any other coaches on campus getting any any pay bonus. But that doesn't mean they they haven't. I just didn't see any. Right. Yeah, I mean this happened in real time, so we're kind of trying to. <laughs> that's that's why we kind of waited a little bit till we get all the figures and all the numbers and know exactly uh, what they were what they're going to be making uh, moving forward. So. Congratulations to those gentlemen. I, I mean, I, I, I really feel good about Wes Goodwin and, and what he's doing. I don't know how you, yeah, I don't know how you can't feel good about the defensive side, staff and the side of the ball. Yep. Uh, Tex was asking, how much does Matt Luke make? Was it 950000 Something like that. It was it's, something right there, and then Rump was right below him. He's being well compensated. I, I, I want to say it was nine fifty and then and 900 I believe, were the, the figures on those. I two. will just say. We have John Blau on in a little <laughs> over an hour. Well, we can look it up, but I'm, I'm trying to know off the top of my head. It yeah, was I, something right around there. I, I believe that's right, but it was 950000 On par for the best offensive line coaches in the country. Yes, uh, certainly. Which he is one of. <sighs> yep. Uh, we'll go to the text line, the Abscorbian text line, shortly. Uh, if you want to get in with any questions and thoughts, we'll try to answer some of those in just a few minutes. But we got some callers on hold, and I certainly want to get to them. And those who've been holding for a while, I certainly appreciate it. Paul and Ennery is up next. Hey, Paul. Hey, buddy. Just think now, there's seniors coming out of high school making a lot more money than that in college football. <laughs> That's kind of, <laughs> kind of hard to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But, but, but anyway, I got like three other things I wanted to hit on right quick. You know, Seminole Tech called while we we're doing talking about the Mammy, the U, and everybody. Florida State would never be what they were at one time. I mean, what, they went 14 years finishing in the top five or something like that? 
and under Tommy, I mean, under Bobby Bowden, they'll never be what they were. And matter of fact, I think they're going to take a step back this year because of the transfer portal, losing all those players, and then you basically got a new team coming in. And I think Clemson's pretty well experienced. I think Clemson's still going to root the ACC for a while. But I just, I just wanted to hit on that. It was kind of him talking about Miami. The, you know, Florida State would never do that either. But anyway, uh, you're talking about Oklahoma and Texas. You know, I know what you're talking about as far as fan bases and stuff like that. But Texas and Oklahoma's programs are probably better than 95% of the teams that's in the SEC. Plus, remember, Texas has went to Texas A&M many a times, which is a lot, you know, 100-something thousand, which is brutal, and that's their rival. I don't think the fans fans is going to be that much on Texas, maybe Oklahoma. But as far as them coming in, I've got people say, you just wait, they come to SEC, you know, Texas A&M, I mean Texas and Oklahoma, they won't be that. Their programs are probably, and you have to agree, probably 90% better than the, or 95% better than the whole SEC. I mean, all together, you South Carolinas, you Vanderbilt, you Mississippi State, you Mississippi's, Missouri's, and all them. Oklahoma's probably a program, and Texas is a lot better than those programs. Wouldn't you agree? Mm, a lot better. Uh, I, I don't I'm know about, about overall program now, man. Overall program. Well, it's relevant to the about, moment. I'm not. I'm not talking about tradition yeah. and, and history. That that doesn't that isn't going right. to beat Missouri next year. Well, well, even in the even in the moment, I mean, Oklahoma. I mean, been to what? How many playoffs and and whatever and. Uh, and Texas is just now, you know, they're always saying they're back. I don't know they're back, but I don't think they're going to have any problem in the SEC. I really don't. I just don't. I don't. I just don't see it. But anyway, that's my opinion. But you were. I have one other thing you was talking about a while ago. We were. We were talking about. Darn! Uh, I just. It just left my. We were talking about the guy called in about Georgia. Well, every year for a while we used to go if we had an open date, we'd go to a football game somewhere else you know my son and i and a few friends so we picked the georgia south carolina game the year that garcia was on about the two-yard line in south carolina almost beat georgia i mean it was a heck of a game i know you remember that you know where they drove down about two-yard line and uh, and he threw a ball in the end zone i think it got batted away but i'd already warned my son i said we're going to georgia now I said, it's a different environment than anywhere you've probably ever been, you know, and he's been to a lot of, you know, ventures before. But anyway, we get there, and we're walking down with the Carolina people group, and the ladies were throwing beer bottles and saying and cursing at these old Carolina couples that's in front of us like they were some kind of animals. And and I went, I drove my company car, I went and bought a Georgia flag and put it on my car because I knew something out You know, I know, I still got it, still in my game room, but I knew if I didn't with my FT stickers and stuff on my company car that, that it could get damaged, you know. I said, so I'm gonna, I still got that flag. And every time I walk in, I kind of think in my game room, I think, man, I remember. But it was awful. It was brutal. I mean, it was, uh, you know, actually throwing full bulk of beer bottles at not only us, but the Carolina people walking in and cursing and all, okay, it was just, it was amazing. But it, it does have a bad reputation. But I think sometimes, you know, some people, I have heard stories that just about unbelievable. But that did happen to us, though, no doubt. But it yeah. was funny. My son said, Dad, 
I don't know if I ever come back, but we did. We went back to a Clemson. And it wasn't quite as bad as it seemed to be a Clemson and, and uh, Georgia game, but the Carolina game, it was just I've seen some that are awful. worse than but others, were, yeah. Yeah, you remember, you probably remember that game. That's where Carolina come down there because they were on a two-yard line with seconds to go. They almost beat Georgia. It's a heck of a good game. But, was that Spurrier? Uh, but I just thought I'd throw that in. Yeah, that was Ernest yeah. Spurrier. Yeah. yeah. It was, Garcia was a yeah. quarterback. It was, yeah, Lattimore went yeah, off so. in that game. And Clowney, I think, yeah, was going off did. in that game. And then, yeah, they, they – yeah. Oh, that was the game Melvin game Ingram had that big return. And, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. – Yeah, it was a great game. And they almost – I thought they were going to pull it off. But I think it threw a uh, – like, like yeah. a jump pass or something that got knocked down in the end zone. But anyway, guys, I appreciate you. Thank Y'all you, Paul. Down. I really enjoy your show, buddy. Thank have you. Appreciate you. Thanks for getting in. 654-ROAR. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, I, I've been to Georgia more times than I can, can count some uh, mainly as a media person, but some have been worse than others that I, the stuff that I see going into the stadium and, and, uh, whatnot. So. Well then with the news story that came out yesterday, is it going to get worse now that they're selling beer in Sanford stadium? I don't. I, I'm not really a big fan of this now. I don't. I don't attend games in the manner that I used to, so I don't have to deal with it. But uh, I just wonder. I just wonder how that's going to go, John. Do you have any? Uh, do you? It, it, I tell you what. You know who's going to benefit the most from that? The the University of Georgia local police officers. Oh yeah, a lot more, <laughs> Clark a lot County more Police work. Department, baby. They're still undefeated. Man, I, I hope the I hope the Athens uh, Commerce. Is it listening to us today? Chamber of Commerce and Adams that listen today. We have not painted a great picture of going to games at Sanford Stadium. 654 Roar, you want to get in. Let's go to you know what I in terms of Paul comments there. I, I don't know that man, he's putting Oklahoma a little higher than I would at this current stage in the game. I, I think Texas is well suited to come into the SEC right now. Oklahoma's Oklahoma's a top twenty team right now but are they how, how's that gonna fly I, I don't know yet well Brad I understand we can look at the brands and the power that these brands have had and we can understand their importance in the sport but when you look at it right now I one you're putting a lot of faith in Jackson Arnold to be the guy two we've done these shows where we have talked about all these teams that are switching leagues never have the win totals that we expect them to have it just doesn't happen and Sarkeesian has proven himself now. Texas will not get rid of Steve. Like he's he's set. Yeah. Sark's got it. Got it. He's he's rolling and I, I think they'll continue. I'm not saying make the playoff every year, but they'll continue to have success. The the, the, the blueprint and the foundation of the program is well established. Oh, and I Venables think, is still doing some of that. He's still doing it. I think he is doing a lot of really good things on the recruiting trail. I think he is getting that roster, especially on the defensive side of the ball, much better than it was under Lincoln Riley. But there's still going to be growing pains. There's going to be adversity. You're going to, all of a sudden, you're going to have to go into Baton Rouge and you got to be able to come up with a win that's a little bit more hostile than it was at Kansas State. I just You've got to learn how to yeah. go through it. Let's go to Daniel and Franklin. Hey, Daniel, how you doing? I'm doing great, gentlemen. How are y'all? We're doing well. Hey, thanks for getting me in. First off, um, come on, Paul. We got a, we got a great coaching staff in place now. We just won the ACC, brother, and, and we're trending in the right direction. Florida State's never going to do it again. It's different between Florida State and Miami. Miami's a little private school down south that can't fuel people with strippers and cocaine and yachts anymore. That was Seminole Ted's point. Ain't got any yachts in Tallahassee, but that's not why I called. I just listened to Paul and had to respond. 
Um, with with calls like Fred Pryor, I, I completely understand what the guy's saying uh, about what needs to to change with with this current situation based on previous situations with players coming in out of high school to universities and the demands that the universities should make. And, and there's several calls like that, and, and they're consistent throughout the day. The issue with those calls in that point of view is that nothing's coming back. And, and why I say that is, you know, when you guys got a job in high school at, say, Pizza Hut, and, and you filled out the application um, and, and then you had your interview, and they're like, "Oh, you're a student. Okay, great. Well, here's our hours of operation." Hey, Daniel, hold on. Can you get, and, hold and on, Daniel? Congratulations. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Can you do me a favor? Can you hold? I, I want you to be able to finish your point, and we're up against the top of the hour break. Yes, sir. Okay, please hold for me. Yes, I'll, I'll get yes, you sir. right up. But I, I do want to hear your point. I really do. Sit tight for me. Six five four roar. We'll go right back to Daniel. We'll go to Delvin. We'll take some more calls after this. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens.